people think? Feel. It is like a finger pointing away to the moon. Don't concentrate on the finger or you will miss all that heavenly glory. Hey! Welcome to the Who Sign Is It Anyway podcast, the podcast by two sisters, and I'm Deborah, and I'm Mia, and we're welcoming you into our bi-monthly conversation all about the moon. And this episode is all about the Virgo full moon that's coming on February 27th, 2021 at 317 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Yes, and it's going to be hitting at almost just short of nine degrees. So in today's episode, we're going to be talking about what full moon energy is, what an opposition is, um, give a brief breakdown of Pisces energy, which the sun is in, then we'll get into Virgo energy, then specifically the moon in Virgo, and we'll talk about some aspects that are happening in this full moon. Then I will let you know what um, house this full moon is going to be hitting you in your personal natal chart. And of course, we're going to end it with a little tower read. So yeah, and that's what we're going to do. <laughs> and then we're going to start by talking about this full moon energy. And we always go over the new moon and full moon energy and how they differ because they're just two different things you just handle them differently. Like you go through your different rituals and routines. So for full moon energy, it's like, we always talk about a lot of releasing and letting go energy. But with that, while like you're taking that inventory of what you're letting go, also taking note of what is staying in your life and why. And like, that's a good way to practice gratitude during this time to help Mm -hmm. you feel more at peace during the full moon which can sometimes make people feel a little uncomfortable yeah and i definitely wanted to touch on that too for this episode because i feel like a lot of times we focus in on like what we're releasing which is part of what the full moon is because it is like detoxing um and letting go of what isn't working but it's also about embracing like you said like what is right in your life and like finding those moments of gratitude because the full moon is this peak of the moon cycle. It's the swelling of the moon. So there really is a lot of good things that have bloomed at that point from the new moon. Yeah, definitely. And it is just a really reflective time because it is the halfway point. There is something to look back on. Whereas for the new moon, you're really looking forward. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, this is just a really reflective time and, you know, whatever energy, activity or Mm -hmm. practice you like to do to reflect whether it's tarot or journaling or any other form of like writing or meditating then it's a really great time to spend extra time doing that and i think reflective is a perfect word for a full moon because the moon is like illuminated there is so much light being spread by the moon and so i think that that really allows us to like spread light onto like the certain dark shadow areas of ourselves and doing that in a reflective manner is really kind, um, kind way to do it for yourself. So that's basically the energetics of a full moon, but astronomically a full moon is when the sun and the moon are 180 degrees apart from each other. So they're directly behind each other, forming a straight line versus for a new moon. It's when they're right on top of each other. So, 
I find that with oppositions, it takes like more work to work with that energy of a opposition because it's a really you're working with two different energies you're working with the sun and the moon being in two different signs um versus in conjunction they're in the same sign so i think that not that one or the other is a bigger aspect but i do find that because oppositions take a little bit more work in order to have that find that balance and integration um they can also offer a lot more reward yeah. And, but shoot, it is just like, uh, you are on this journey of trying to figure out how to make those two energy work that are in opposition. Whereas when it's a conjunction, they're already working for you. Yeah. So the experience is different and there is, uh, yeah, I feel like it is rewarding once you've put that work in to get something out of it. Whereas with the new moon, it's, it's less of that exchange. Mm-hmm. So definitely. Yeah. Right. So with this full moon, Virgo um, full moon means that the sun is in Pisces. So we have to talk about Pisces energy if we're going to talk about Virgo full moon. So we're going to give you a super brief breakdown of Pisces energy. So Pisces is the element air. Wait, no. <laughs> I know we're just laughing because we're both, we're like, how do we say this? <laughs> is a wa- It's a water sign. Yeah. And it's mutable and its ruler is Neptune. Mm -hmm. And some of the high vibes in broad, general, Mm -hmm. basic terms. Yeah, um, because next episode we're going to get, like for the new moon in Pisces, we'll really break it down. Yeah. Um, But generally speaking, they're known as being healers of the Zodiac. They're really, they really want to like help emotionally guide Mm -hmm. people they're very spiritual um visionaries they're very intuitive they're very creative um Mm -hmm. and what and like whatever medium that is they really just have a way of expressing themselves and yeah they're definitely like i said the healers of the zodiac so they just have so much power that water element of them is really flowing a lot of that intuitive energy Mm -hmm. for them so, yeah. And then low vibes or like on the flip side of all those things is they sometimes lack emotional boundaries because they're, they, they're really empathetic. They really do absorb what everyone's going through, but they also can tend to want to be so involved with it to help that they just don't know how to reel it back. Mm-hmm. And that can be detrimental to them. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I just think anything like the flip side of it to the extreme, it can be seen as a low vibe. So they are very in tune with like feelings and stuff. They could be sensitive or um, they like healing people. Then they have poor boundaries on the flip side. Um, mm-hmm. They're very creative, which flips to like maybe um, like escapism more head in the cloud. Yeah, escapism, not really grounded in reality. They have a hard time mm-hmm. being grounded. So yeah, like I said, I think any high thing if you take it to an extreme is that's their stereotypical low vibe yeah and i think with what you saying difficulty in being grounded is a perfect transition into virgo mm-hmm. um because virgo is an earth sign um it is also immutable and its ruler is mercury so the opposite of like pisces being like head in the clouds it's virgo which is very grounded in the earth <laughs> Yeah, it's the Earth side. Mm-hmm. What are what's your favorite Virgo trait, Deborah? Um, 
my 12th house is in Virgo. So I have this flipped chart basically. <laughs> so with Virgos for me, it definitely is, um, it could be a little triggering for me because the 12th house is a house of like undoing, right? Stuff that can trigger mm-hmm. you. Um, but I think you have to love the meticulousness of a Virgo. Like you can't, no matter how much of like a hater you are to like a Virgo, <laughs> like <laughs> the, it's envious of how like meticulous and exact and like with it and together a Virgo can be. Yeah. I I would have to agree. I think their attention to detail is extraordinary. I mean, yeah. on the flip side, <laughs> I think that that's also that's frustrating for them. I think like being a perfectionist is hard to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just they're constantly chasing that like perfection or being better or like those little details and stuff. And that can be hard. But also just on the outside, that's if you want to be a hater, that's kind of annoying. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, that's a part I think that for me is a little triggering because like I like to call myself a recovering perfectionist. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so it's like it just makes me feel like the Virgo does it like the best or that energy makes me feel like I'm not doing it good enough. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> yeah. they're just they're like t- it's earth sign. So, of course, there's like quality and it, in like the physical things that they like to do and things that they produce. So it's always going to be, I think a Virgo, Virgo energy, whatever comes from that can make people envious because it is always Mm -hmm. just like next level perfectionism. Right. Um, but also a part I think of Virgo that I really like feel very connected to is that it is also like a healer and it's different from, Pisces energy, Pisces healer, a spiritual mm-hmm. and emotional healer. Virgo is very uh, like health wise. I don't know if I said this before. I may be repeating myself, but mm-hmm. I think with Virgo being ruling the sixth house, which is of like your health and your like daily routines and health regimens, your immediate environment, how that's affecting you. I think taking all that and using it with the Virgo energy of like physically healing is the bridge to the 12th house, which is the bridge to Pisces, which is emotional healing, spiritual healing. And I think for me, because this is so much of what I do with like my health coaching and even with my astrology work is Mm. that physically healing is a spiritual experience when you really hit that like sweet spot, when you really are there and you really Mm -hmm. embody that. It's not just, yay, I have like less pain in my left shoulder. It's like this gratitude of like connectedness you feel with like something greater than you, right? Definitely, 100%. And that's such a good example um, and like relating it to that for Mm -hmm. sure. And that's, and that just goes to show how much, this information and like knowing your chart and the signs has to offer mm-hmm. because obviously like the brief explanation we gave about Pisces is, is super broad is yeah. like left up to a lot of, or very little interpretation. But when you really get into it, these signs have so much to offer us mm-hmm. and yeah. And I just think you really brought it to a point where it is that next level. It is not just um, the little like characteristics that are like funny or are able to be generalized. It's the things that are really changing people are really um It's experiential, you know, yes. it's not. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I think that was beautifully put, Deborah. Oh, thanks. Well, that's really one of the things about Virgo and Sixth House that I really just, I think, zoom into. Um 
But also there's a part of like, because it's ruled by Mercury, they have this like intellectual discernment, you know, like they're just so acute and the way that they can, you know, when like, again, this is why we speak about Pisces before, um, before the Virgo, because we need to kind of use them for comparison because they're opposing each other where like Pisces can get like lost in the clouds, you know, can like, it's about elusiveness and maybe illusions and confusion. Um, Virgo is opposite of that, right? Like where it's like clear as day, very direct, um, can sniff out bullshit and doesn't have time for like things that are going to make things messy or confusing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, definitely. For sure. They're very astute. Yeah. Um, what else can I, what else can we say about the Virgo? Virgo? Um, I think on the low vibe. Mm -hmm. So we were talking about them being very detail oriented and like that, everything's right. I think that that can lead in a low vibe with the perfectionism that it's not just, they don't put that pressure just on themselves. They also put it on others. So they can be pretty judgmental or like micromanage or want people to do things their way. And it, it, it just does stem from them wanting to have it done perfectly. They know, and they, best. Just, <laughs> they know best, but also it's like, no one's no one wants it to be as perfect as they w want it to be like mm -hmm. i don't know if i'm gonna do something it doesn't have to be perfect that's fine if it's okay so they're not <laughs> gonna want me to do a project for them because it's like they're they strive for that level of whatever it is mm -hmm. more so than i think most people do at least myself <laughs> yeah so that's like i think if you do like i don't know i wouldn't want to be doing a group project with a virgo personally yeah so. like because like another word for discernment is like critical right <laughs> so mm -hmm. critiquing um and that is very triggering for people in general right yeah definitely and so one other thing that I wrote for Virgo energy is I just wrote daily thinking habits because uh, I feel like that's going to be coming up with this full moon because Virgo um, ruling the sixth house as well. It's about like your daily habits. And then because it's ruled in Mercury and we're coming from this like the tail end of this Aquarius stellium it's like with our thinking patterns. So I feel like daily thinking habits is something that is going to be addressed during this full moon. Hmm. All right. So let's talk about that Virgo moon then. <laughs> let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Um, so for me, the Virgo moon is really likes to be of use because as we were talking about Virgo with healing, it's also about like service. Mm -hmm. Um so serving others. And so I think the Virgo moon is really likes to create like real ta tangible things you can touch, things that like produce outcomes um, and results for being of service to people. Like it likes to see its work, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's why um, the moon likes Virgo. It um, is going to take care of itself and bring that comfort. And like it's going... <laughs> Excuse me. And mm -hmm. yeah, it's definitely that comfort and safety is going to come from things being done a certain way. And like um, their environment is going to be really important to them. And just like mm -hmm. probably like they need to check certain things off their their list um, before they can give themselves that downtime. But for the most part, like I think when we talk about the extreme of of working and work ethic, Capricorn comes to mind mm -hmm. and that's where like you're that's 
you know, maybe you do neglect that self-care sometimes, but Virgos don't necessarily go to that extreme and they can have that balance a bit better. So that's Mm -hmm. why this moon is a pretty, I would say a pretty balanced moon. I think that Virgos can handle both the, the warm and fuzzy to some extent, but also definitely just like the, the discipline of taking care of yourself. Yeah. I, I think that they're, they, I definitely agree with as far as like wanting to take care of themselves um, because no one could do it better than they can in, <laughs> in that aspect and in, in general, right? But um, I think that they get a lot of fulfillment more from like refining something like that accomplishment feeling, but not just like accomplishment, but it's like making it better, you know, like something yeah. that's been improved. Um but I, I also think that because Virgo is ruled by Mercury, it could be a very cerebral moon, you know, like, mm-hmm. and we like moons to be more heart centered and emotional. Um, so sometimes I think with a Virgo moon, it goes, it can be a little cold or it can just go into that critic mode um, before it can go into like the comforting mode. Yeah, for sure. It's, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's a good way to put it. Like that first part has to be unlocked and then it can get there. Um, yeah. But yes, so definitely I think as we're going into this Virgo full moon, we want to think about how we can, instead of being critical, especially onto ourselves or being, um, you know, like overthinking things, again, going back to the daily thinking habits, um, we want to go into like the higher vibe of that Virgo moon, which is like nurturing ourselves by finding what we can refine within ourselves, how we can be of service to ourselves or to others. Um, So focusing more on that. And so I guess we'll get into the aspects of what else is going to be impacting this full moon in Virgo. And the first one I want to talk about is a really sweet moon trine Uranus in Taurus. So the moon is going to be in Virgo, which is an earth sign, and Uranus is in Taurus, another earth sign. So for me, I think this aspect is really kind of highlighting how we're going to be thinking and about... Yeah, I guess like how we're going to be focused on the future um, and really Mm -hmm. how we feel about that future. You know, I think that's when we're going to use that Virgo-ness of like um, analyzing and assessing how we want to do that. The Uranus in Taurus is like how we have to maybe do something different or create something different in order to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, I also think that because... Taurus is about the body and Virgo is about physical healing. I think they're also going to be asked to, like we spoke about this bridge, we're going to create like a, this bridge to spiritual healing by trying to address like physical healing in new ways, um, which is Uranus and Taurus. So I think we're all going to be asked to be taking care of ourselves. (laughs) We're all going to be asked to take care of our mental health um, uh, with Virgo ruling Mercury, um, but also in that physical way as well, because it's going to be in this harmony with Uranus in Taurus. Anything else with that, Mia? (laughs) Uh, No, I think you did a great, great job. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that that's what it's going to be. <laughs> and that's what it's going to be. Um, and then the other aspect I wanted to bring up is moon in conjunct Saturn. 
when there's an inconjunct means there's a disconnect. And with a moon in conjunct with Saturn, I really kind of see um, an underlining feeling of maybe not like having this emotional guilt that like maybe we don't deserve this, um, the work of the moon trine Uranus, which is like physical healing to spiritual healing, mm-hmm. uh, maybe telling ourselves that we don't deserve it or we're not worth it because we haven't put in enough work or we're not deserving of just that in general. Mm-hmm. So I think that may be like a little underlining level of it all. Yeah. And like with that, and this is like what we were talking about, about making all of these energies work for you. And it's trying to pull in like that kindness and healing of Pisces um, and letting Mm -hmm. yourself be forgiving and kind to yourself and healing. So yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. Like you said, bring in that Pisces energy, bring in that compassion. Mm-hmm. Um, and just remember exactly. that. Mm-hmm. And other than that, that's really, those are going to be like the major aspects with the moon for this full moon. Um, again, we're coming off of this Aquarius stellium. So I think it's a perfect segue into Pisces season, starting with this Virgo full moon, because we're going from all these planets in air into this air-like moon, right? With Virgo being ruled with mm-hmm. Mercury. So I think with all these ideas we had during this Aquarius season, Aquarius stellium, the Aquarius conjunction, Saturn and Jupiter, I think it's really great to kind of funnel into the Pisces season with starting with the Virgo full moon. So we're going to kind of be creating concrete plans out of all these ideas that we had over the past like month and a half, two months. Um, so I think that that's a good mm-hmm. way to ground all that energy, all that Aquarius energy that we've had. All right, guys. So now we're going to do the breakdown of what house this full moon is going to be hitting you in your natal chart based off a whole sign system. So if you are an Aries sun or rising, it will be in your sixth house. If you're a Taurus or Taurus rising, it's in your fifth Gemini or Gemini rising in your fourth, Cancer, Cancer rising in your third, Leo or Leo rising in your second, uh, Virgo sun or Virgo rising in your first, Libra sun or Libra rising in your 12th, Scorpio sun or Scorpio rising in your 11th, Sagittarius sun or rising in your 10th, Capricorn or Capricorn rising in your 9th, and Aquarius or Aquarius rising in your 8th eighth house and lastly if you're Pisces sun or rising it'll be in your seventh house and just to give you guys more information on what these houses represent the first house is all about your self-image appearance identity your vitality Um, second house is about your money your physical um, possessions your personal values And third house is about how you communicate, your early education, your mind and siblings. Fourth house is all about your home and your family. Fifth house is your self-expression, your creativity, romances and children. Sixth house is all about your work, environment, health, routines, regimens and your pets. Um, Seventh house is all your partnerships. Eighth house is about sex, death, intuition, other people's assets. Ninth house is your higher education, travel, spirituality. Um, Tenth house is all about your external recognition and status. Eleventh house is made up of your friends, your social life, your groups. Um, Twelfth house is about your hidden life. 
or your inner life, your subconscious um, and dreams. Mm, and there we there go. There you go. All right, guys. So now we're going to finish off by doing a mini tower read for the collective. So normally we do, we pull three cards and the representative. <laughs> the representative. Present, <laughs> um, <laughs> of going into the moon um, during it and then what we're going to get coming out of it. But it doesn't mm-hmm. always work out like that. <laughs> um, so today when I was shuffling, a card popped out. And I think this is kind of crazy, yeah. so I'm going to share. But I uh, I wasn't feeling the cards that I had initially pulled. I don't think it was reflective. It didn't feel right. So I went to go put all the cards back, including the one that had jumped out. And when I was trying to put the one that had jumped out back in, it kept not going in. Like, it kept missing the slot and, like, hitting another mm-hmm. card. Um, so it's still in this new poll that I did. And it's the Five of mm-hmm. Cups. Which I just think is interesting. I don't know. I It doesn't look like a very pleasant card. So I was like, oh, maybe it didn't mean to come out. But it always means yeah. to come out. Do you have anything that stands out about the card? Well, I think room? with the five of cups, that's really, you know, taking a moment to – It's for me, it's like it's a loss, right? It's experience of some sort mm-hmm. of loss. A lot of times it's like emotional, right? It's cups. Um, but I think that the thing about the five of cups is taking that time to go through all those feels, but also yeah, not taking away from that loss or all those feels is the fact that there are other opportunities for you. And yeah, this is definitely a card that just, I feel like the word that stands out for mm-hmm. me is grief and that's it for like anything um and definitely loss and you can see like that three of the uh three out of five of the cups are tipped over and in like tarot the cu- the cups are representative <laughs> you really like that word today. represent uh, represent um like water like the element of water and then it'll do its emotions feelings and things like that and mm-hmm. so for that to have spilled out like you're kind of collecting yourself mm-hmm. now and that's that's one way to look at it. Like you are going through that process, but it's like um, on your way to picking mm-hmm. yourself up. It's halfway through the journey of the cups. Um, so that's also important to keep in mind that you, okay, so you're getting over this kind of hump of it and you're going to be progressing after yeah, this point. A hundred percent. And it's so perfect because it is like halfway, the full moon is a halfway through like a moon cycle. So yeah. And then, so the next card that I have. So then I pulled three more cards. That was just the one that came out that I wanted to kind of leave on its own. I think it just, it had its own message to bring to everybody. Mm -hmm. So just keep that in mind. Don't be too hard on yourself. If you're going through that process right now, Mm -hmm. being kind to yourself is the best way to get through it. And just, you know, at your own pace, begin collecting yourself kind of thing. So then the next card is the Ace of Swords. And swords have to do with like air and your thoughts. So it's at the beginning of the journey of the swords. And for me, well, for everyone, (laughs) it's like Mm -hmm. this planting of this new way of thinking or an idea. So ace cards, I always just like to emphasize that they're not the, the, like the step one or the starting of anything. It's even before that. 
Yeah. It's like the inception of that idea even happening. Like you've done nothing to progress that yet. It's up to you what you want to do with this new inkling of a thought or idea or new way of thinking. Mm-hmm. But it's there now. You're being given this opportunity to take this thing that the universe had given you and take it on the rest of that journey of whatever card it's in. Mm -hmm. So for swords, like I said, it has a lot to do with your thoughts. And I just always see this as a new way of thinking coming about. You're going to change your mind about something or realize that something you once thought is maybe not true anymore or things of that nature. So a revelation or an inspiration. Mm-hmm. Love that. That's what gives me a lot of like, uh, I just keep thinking about the trying to Uranus, that change in mm-hmm. thinking, right? Yeah. And then the next two cards are major arcana cards, which just are <laughs> a lot. They're big energy and they're big archetypes. And these two are kind of scary warning you, but they're they're big transition cards. You're never going to get past <laughs> it. So let's get through it together. Um, so it's, The first one is the tower, and the tower is very much this energy of just kicking you out even Mm -hmm. when you're not ready. Um, It's giving, it's forcing you to move on to the next step even when you're like clawing onto the door. Like I don't want to go, I don't want to go. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. This card doesn't care if you're Mm -hmm. ready or not. (laughs) It's it's gonna force you out of your comfort zone in order to make that transition. This is a transition card. It's kicking you out of your comfort zone and moving you towards the next step, which is why it's very, very uncomfortable and scary to go through. But the other side, you're like, oh, my goodness, mm-hmm. thank God I was kicked out of the tower. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely this big transition card. And so the next card is the devil, which I also <laughs> see as like a, this this big transformation not transition, transformation, Mm -hmm. (laughs) sorry, that the tower is a transformation Mm -hmm. card. And I also think the devil is a transformation card because what's interesting about the devil is everyone's really scared by it. Obviously it's the devil, but I, how I was thinking about it recently is the, the devil isn't keeping you down there. He's kind of just keeping Mm -hmm. you company. You have all of the power to move. He wants you to leave and it's up to you are you going to stay in your like quote unquote personal hell? Are you going to keep doing that? Or are you going to take the steps to move out of that? And, and the devil makes us face a lot of our like, like longest mm-hmm. deep traumas, like things mm-hmm. from a long time. Yeah. Deep rooted traumas. It's stuff in um, the, what the fuck tarot mm-hmm. book by um, Bakara. Um, I like how she says it at one point, like it's stuff that like grew, grew with our bones, like grew in our bones. So I just always like to emphasize to be really, really gentle, kind, slow with yourself when this card comes, because it's not things that like you cover Mm -hmm. with a bandaid. Um, and it's going to be a lot of like work, but like I said, it is a transformation card. And then once you've released yourself from the shackles, of this card it is so freeing it's like 100 pounds are lifted Mm. off you so yeah those are definitely two um i mean they're major arcana cards there's this huge energy and they can be tough to deal with but i just see this saying that um we're going to be seeing feeling a lot of uh change coming up it like um individual change i know these threads are for the collective but i I just feel like everyone's kind of going through a moment right now, especially with 
you know, spring coming up and the weather getting nice, that I just think this whole idea of rebirth and reinvention is going to be something a lot of people are going to be feeling Yeah, I think up. that that's part of the Aquarius energy because, like, yes, Aquarius is about, like, the community and, like, the big group, but it's also about the ind- individual, you know, like, as far as, like, mm-hmm. the rights of the individual. And so it's, like, you have to have that for yourself in order for, like, the collective to change and it's our contribution to the collective energetically that mm-hmm. fosters that change. Yeah. Yeah, and so those are the four cards that I pulled and yeah I think it's it's so funny I originally wasn't Mm going to read my cards I was like I'm not feeling them again and not to spoiler alert Deborah but she Mm -hmm. also put the tarot so she'll have more insight Mm -hmm. on it too on the tower um and it was that energy (laughs) that made me read the cards it's just like you're gonna have to do it and to have that faith in yourself and also that I yeah. when you pull the devil card, um, it also it reminded me of the moon in conjunct with Saturn because Saturn uh, rules mm-hmm, the sure. devil card and also Capricorn and how Bacara put it's like the issues like that it's like within your bones and it also rules your bones. Saturn Capricorn rules your bones, so it's just very mm. all connected and I think um, really emphasizes that point of exactly what you said about it. All right, so I pulled um, three cards, starting off with the Seven of Cups um, into the Tower and releasing with Empress. So with the starting off with the Seven of Cups, I really kind of have it tied into with the Aquarius energy, the Aquarius stellium. Um, and this is like all the options that we've like come up with our head and like including with Mercury retrograde of like when we've reverted back, come back from the Mercury retrograde and like uh, like our eyes are cleared and but it's all kind of like now there's just a lot, right? There's just a lot going on and we kind of like almost have like thinking fatigue you know, because we're just like, so we're so fatigued. We're like, was that a good idea? Was that just in the moment? I don't even know anymore. Um, and then leading into the tower, like Mia said, I also pulled this. So for me, this is really emphasizing the big Uranus impact that we're going to be having with the moon trining Uranus. And so this is a big change. Um, it also really gives me Uranus and Taurus energy because it's like that physical earth that's collapsing underneath you and forcing a change. So Uranus change, earth, Taurus, um, also in harmony with Virgo, this earth lineage that's being connected. Um, so we're really going to be, like you said, Mia, like, pushed and this is when we pull the tower card when we're all really comfy and the thought of change is more terrifying than anything um and the thing is when you're out of the tower when you've landed you then realize that it was worse than you even thought you know like it was even worse than like because you were trying to make it okay in your head like we were blinded in a way mm-hmm. to our what was going on like around us and then when you're out of it you're like damn no that was yeah. really bad no that was like way worse than i was that yeah was yeah and <laughs> so yeah. it's a gift i think being in the tower receiving the tower as uncomfortable as it is because then it leads into 
like what this spread was saying for me, for this spread, for the collective, it's leading us into the Empress. Um, so we're going from the tower mm-hmm. and we're going to be landing in this space of really re- re- like to be receptive, um, mm-hmm. to be creative and more than anything, receiving abundance and like goodness and nurturing. Yeah. And I think that, it's going to be, it's taking us, basically the journeys from Seven of Cups to the Empress. And the the thing that's allowing us to do that is the tower. So we're going from like confusion and mental overload into receiving, um, intuitively knowing, um, in, like nurturing ourselves and releasing creative outlets in a non-judgmental way. Um yeah, so I think that a lot of, like our stories really do connect with each other. Both of our spreads as far as going from a cup story into this like through this major arcana journey, which is big time energy, which in the center of it all is this Uranus and Taurus that's creating this change. Yeah, I definitely think our, I mean, I think our spreads usually mm-hmm. coincide, um, but this is yeah. pretty spot on. <laughs> All right, guys. So that's going to be the full moon in Virgo. I'm really excited to kind of recollect, recenter, reground all this Aquarius energy that's been flooding through all of us um, in their own unique way. And so then we're going to be meeting up for the Pisces new moon in about two weeks. So look out for you guys then. Thank you. Bye. I'll see you Bye. next time. In about two weeks, so look out for you guys then. Thank you. Bye. I'll see you next time.